welcome to The Daily Bite with your host, Pastor Steve Andrews. In 2 Samuel chapter 5 today, we see David anointed as king over Israel and then re-engaging in his old battles with the Philistines. Then all the tribes of Israel came to David at Hebron and asked, Behold, we are your bone and flesh. In times past, when Saul was king over us, it was you who let a let out and brought in Israel. And Yahweh said to you, You shall be shepherd of my people Israel, and you shall be prince over Israel. So all the elders of Israel came to the king at Hebron, and King David made a covenant with them at Hebron before Yahweh, and they anointed David king over Israel. David was thirty years old when he began to reign, and he reigned forty years. At Hebron he reigned over Judah seven years and six months, and at Jerusalem he reigned over all Israel and Judah thirty-three years. And the king and his men went to Jerusalem against the Jebusites, the inhabitants of the land, who said to David, You will not come in here, but the blind and the lame will ward you off, thinking David cannot come in here. Nevertheless, David took the stronghold of Zion, that is, the city of David. And David said on that day, Whoever would strike the Jebusites, let him get up the water shaft to attack the lame and the blind, who are hated by David's soul. Therefore it is said, The blind and the lame shall not come into the house. And David lived in the stronghold and called it the city of David. And David built the city all around from Milo inward. And David became greater and greater, for Yahweh the God of hosts was with him. And Hiram, king of Tyre, sent messengers to David and cedar trees, also carpenters and masons who built David a house. And David knew that Yahweh had established him king over Israel, and that he had exalted his kingdom for the sake of his people Israel. And David took more concubines and wives from Jerusalem after he came from Hebron, and more sons and daughters were born to David. And these are the names of those who were born to him in Jerusalem. Shemua, Shobab, Nathan, Solomon, Ibhar, Elishua, Nepheg, Japhia, Elishama, Elieda, and Eliapheth, Eliphalet. When the Philistines heard that David had been anointed king over Israel, all the Philistines went up to search for David. But David heard of it and went down to the stronghold. Now the Philistines had come and spread out in the valley of Rephaim. And David inquired of Yahweh, Shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you give them into my hand? And Yahweh said to David, Go up, for I will certainly give the Philistines into your hand. And David came to Baal-perazim, and David defeated them there. And he said, Yahweh has broken through my enemies before me like a breaking flood. Therefore the name of that place is called Baal-perazim. And the Philistines left their idols there, and David and his men carried them away. And the Philistines came up yet again and spread out in the valley of Rephaim. And when David inquired of Yahweh, he said, You shall not go up. Go around to their rear and come against them opposite the balsam trees. And when you hear the sound of marching in the tops of the balsam trees, then rouse yourself. For then Yahweh has gone out before you to strike down the army of the Philistines. And David did as Yahweh commanded him and struck down the Philistines from Geba to Gezer. This is the word of the Lord. So as we look at the text, there's the David had spent that time reigning over just Judah and not all of Israel at Hebron. But now all the tribes of Israel, so all 12 tribes, have come to David to be their king. 
and their language that they use, Behold, we are your bone and flesh. I hope that brings your mind back to Genesis 2, as Adam sees Eve for the first time. He says, finally, now this is flesh of my flesh, bone of my bone. Family is the point here that, that they're getting at with this statement. David is their family, and they're wanting him to be their king. Now, they admit in that that it was David who led them into battle. Even when Saul was their king, it was David who was bringing them success in battle. Uh, and that's what they really they wanted a king for in the first place, was somebody who would lead them in and lead them out. And that should be the Lord anyway, which we're actually going to see right at the end of the text. It's the Lord who leads David into battle. It's the Lord who goes out before David because the Lord is our king. That's uh, kind of the whole point of God's word is that God is our king and he is redeeming us. He is fighting for us against sin, death, and the devil. So good connection to see there. Now, also verse 2, uh, they, they seem to be aware of the anointing he received from God. That God had said to him, you shall shepherd my people. You shall be prince. Somehow they know it. We're not told how. If Samuel had made this known or something before he had passed, we, we haven't heard of a prophet since Samuel, so things have been quiet on that front. But somehow Abner knew two chapters ago, and now the people of Israel know at this point. And yet they anoint him again anyway. He was anointed by God. He was anointed by the Judaites in Hebron. And now he's been anointed by all of Israel. He also has a year, a 40-year reign over God's people. That number 40, relevant in Scripture, typically a time of trial and testing. Um, we think of the, the 40 years in the wilderness. We think of the, the 40 days that Moses spent up on Mount Sinai. Really, even Moses' own life is divided into chunks of 40. 40 years as a, a boy growing up in Egypt, 40 years as a shepherd out in the wilderness, and then 40 years more of life after his call at the burning bush. You got the 40 days that Jesus spends in the wilderness being tempted by Satan. So lots of 40s. Those, that list continues. It grows quite substantially when you really look at it in the Bible. Verse 6, Jebus, or Jerusalem, uh, was actually called Jebus by the people that lived in it. They were the Jebusites. So Jebus was the city of the Jebusites. People that lived in Jebus were called Jebusites, however you want to phrase that. It comes to be renamed Jerusalem. Yerushalayim, as it would be pronounced in the Hebrew, which has that word peace in it, Salem, Shalom. So taking from the, the name given to it from before and changing that, that name, which we don't really see that come out here in the text, but it's there at least for us to notice. They had been, the Jebusites had been defeated. They'd been driven from Jebus by Joshua before. Uh, but sometime since, they have returned and retaken their, their, their city. Now, they make quite a boast before David. And you should ask your children if they can figure out what this boast means. You will not come in here, but the blind and the lame will ward you off. What are they saying? 
they're saying that they're so much better, they're so much more well-fortified, however you want to phrase it, or David's so weak, one of the two or both, that even the blind men and the men on Jebus that can't walk, they'll be able to hold off David and his army. And, by extension, David's God. The, the strength of one's God had a lot of cultural prominence at this point, so that as Goliath kind of taunted that as well, here's a taunt again that, that your God is nothing. Your army is nothing. Even our blind men can fight you back. And so what does David do? They sneak in the water tunnel. Basically this little shaft that was created um, outside the city wall leading to a local spring so that the city could always have a supply of water. David's soldiers, they go through the water shaft and they sneak into the city and they attack. We saw the word Zion there. Zion is another name for Jerusalem. Um, It is specifically a reference to a particular hill uh, of, of Jerusalem, but the names over time simply become interchangeable in the way that we see Zion used in God's word. So the sneak attack is successful, and they they take it, and David makes it his stronghold, and he calls it the city of David. It's an interesting note because we learn from Luke in the New Testament that the city of David is not Jerusalem, but Bethlehem. So just worth pointing out, uh, Bethlehem means house of bread. Which gets really interesting when you consider who came from Bethlehem is our bread of life, Jesus. The one who gives us his body in the bread in the Lord's Supper to eat. Great stuff. It's hard to talk about that. what the Milo is necessarily. In Hebrew, it's just a phrase meaning the area that's filled in. Um, so maybe an old well, perhaps, that had gotten filled up uh, at some point. Now, verse 10 has been a point for David throughout. David is growing greater and greater for Yahweh was with him. The God of hosts or the God of armies is with him. David's growth is not by David. It's because of God. It's worth talking about. And it's worth asking your children, who is God with today? And that answer is us. He is with his children. He is with his church. He cares for us. He provides for us. And he is making us greater and greater by restoring us from sin and death. And we get to live with him in paradise and that stuff will be gone. There will be no more pain or death or sin or suffering. So it may not be greater and greater right now in our daily life. But in the big picture, it certainly is. Yahweh exalted his kingdom for the sake of his people Israel. God is providing. He's caring for his people. Verse 13, I in my notes put a sad face. Uh, More concubines, more wives in Jerusalem because the ones he had in Hebron weren't already enough for him. Um, We actually do have a biblical command in Deuteronomy 17 that kings should not take up wives to themselves like this. They should not amass many wives. So we know what David is doing is not good. And we're going to see that in the chapters to come with the wife whose children are mentioned in the list, a couple of whom at least. Uh, The study Bible mentions Shemua, Shobab, Nathan, and Solomon are all sons born 
to Bathsheba. So we'll see that coming up. Uh, but Nathan and Solomon are the two names from that list that you'll recognize. Uh, Solomon being the son who inherits the kingdom. Nathan is the name of the prophet who rebukes David. Uh, David actually named one of his sons after that prophet. As we look at the, the next section, David battling with the Philistines. Lots of history there dating back to uh, things the Philistines would have as negatives, like David conquering Goliath. Um, but even positives, David's relationship and his time spent living in Gath with the king of Gath among the Philistines and fighting for him. So mixed relationships there. But now the Philistines coming up against David to fight against David, uh, a fear of David probably uh, here egging them on, wanting to destroy David before David becomes so powerful that they think he'll destroy them. David inquires of Yahweh. This is what Saul didn't do correctly. Saul took things into his own hands. David puts it into the Lord's hands and trusts whatever the Lord's answer will be, and he does it. Uh, the name of the place is Baal Perazim, which is Lord of Bursting Through in Hebrew. And the picture David even gives us, it's like a breaking flood. You can picture uh, video or images that you've seen of maybe a dam bursting and how the water just pours through. Um, that's the picture you're getting here, that God broke the, the Philistines, broke their battle lines, and it was just like a flood raging through. Um, that he, we have here. God fought for David again. Baal Perazim is just off to the northwest of Jerusalem. Uh, the Philistines abandon their idols in their flight. They're fleeing. What should David have done with those idols, their false gods? It's a question for your children. And the answer is he should have destroyed them, but it doesn't sound like it. They carried them away instead. The last note in this, uh, as the Philistines fight back again, uh, with verse 25, David did as Yahweh commanded him and struck down the Philistines from Geba to Gezer. So Geba is just off to the north of Jerusalem. Gezer is a queer 20 miles west, so they chased him down for a while. But the key is trust. David wanted to go fight again to defend the, the people, the kingdom again. And God said, no, not, this, not the same way this time. We're going to do it differently. <laughs> paraphrase, uh, he sent David around the back a different way and had him wait to hear God marching in the trees, at which point David could strike because God would strike for him. So David listened, David trusted, David did it as the Lord instructed, and it turned out well for him. That's a, a good thing to bear in mind with the Lord's commandments and also the Lord's promises that we trust in him above all things.